Pastor Phil Howard to begin today's broadcast of Truth For Today. God the Father says, you're right in my sight. I've justified you. How can you do that? My son set me free to give you a righteous standing and not violate my character. So I'm the just God that justifies the ungodly. The question's been bantered about for centuries. Can you lose your salvation? Can a true believer ever be lost? Well, that's the subject of our time today as we continue with our series, Can a True Believer Ever Be Lost? We're looking at God's Word for the answer to this all-important question. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Join us, won't you, as we seek to answer that question from God's Word. Can a true believer ever be lost? Join us and find out. With this edition of Truth For Today, here's Pastor Phil Howard. God start with you? Oh, before the foundation. That, that's right on. Ephesians 1. Don't you know that before the foundations of the world, God chose you. And he also predestined you. Now, most of you can't even spell it, but you don't believe it. Uh, to be conformed to the image of Christ, says it again in Romans 8, 29. For whom he foreknew them, he called or predestined, whom he predestined, he called, whom he called, he justified, and whom he justified, he glorified. How can God use past tenses on all those words when I haven't even been glorified yet? It's certain. He who sees the end from the beginning says, the same people I justify, the same people I called, the same people I foreknew, the same people I chose, they will be glorified. Past tense, all the way. I'm going to have to get more tape. They, he makes it all. How can God say, I haven't even landed yet. How can you be saying, I'll be, uh, I happen to know everything. And I know how you're going to turn out. I'm going to see to it that you're glorified. Those I chose. God didn't begin with you in time. He began with you back in an eternal plan where he, the Son, and the Spirit planned all things that come to pass. This is called the decree of God. Ephesians 1.11, the divine purpose of God. God was dealing with you in your mother's womb. He was weaving you. And David said in Psalms 51, I was conceived in sin. I started out a sinner at the moment of conception. The sin principle was passed on to me, but God was there weaving me in the womb, determining my pigmentation, my gender, my mental capacities, on and on. God's been involved with his own from eternity past. Now, shall a God that begins back here with you and puts you in the plan in his mind say, ooh, I know I'm going to lose him eventually. They're going, they're, they're going to just wander off and get lost. Wait, what are you going to do back here to guarantee I'm going to be in heaven? Revelation 13, 8. For he was a lamb slain from the foundation of the world. In the mind of the Trinity, 
before he ever made Adam and Eve, he had already nailed his son to the cross for the sin of Adam's race. You can't get your mind around that, can you? He's bigger than you. He knows more than you. An omniscient God chose his sheep from the foundation of the world. I can't figure out why me, not you, why you, not me. I can answer all those questions. I don't care if you're a Calvinist, an Arminian, wrestle with it all you want. He said he did. I believe it. I don't have to always explain God, you know. I just take him at his word. Oh, you mean you can't explain it? No. A lot of things I believe I can't explain. I can't explain electricity, but I still use it. I've never seen your brain, but I give you credit for having one. There are a lot of things I can't explain. The power of God. Just picking up, I mean, uh, look at the verse. I give to them eternal, and they will absolutely never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. Look, now look at some verses. Do you mind turning through your Bible? I don't have you do much of that. Um, look at 1 Peter 1, 5. We've been born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. The inheritance is being kept, but notice what else. Who, us folks that are going to inherit, we who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed. God's power keeps his own. You're being kept or guarded by God's power. And I love the verse in John 10, 28 and 29, that you're in the Son's hand. And as if that's not enough, it seems the picture is the Father puts his hand over the hand of his Son. You're in between. That's why you often see the little ending signature in his grip. We are in the grip of omnipotence. And you're there. And uh, you often hear people who want to argue for their free will. Well, I can get out anytime I want. You ought to try that. Try it. You won't like it, but try it. The shepherd's got more at stake in getting you to heaven than you do. It reflects on his ability, not yours. Because remember, he called your name and it was Bozo. He can't depend on you to get there. You don't know how to get there. We're dumb sheep led to slaughter. The shepherd makes the difference. He saves, you don't save. And I don't mean to... Insult your intelligence by saying the obvious. But we need to say the obvious. Who saves? The shepherd or the sheep? I can't hear you. Shepherd. shepherd. Some of you won't even move your lips. You don't know anything. I'm going to tell you. The shepherd takes responsibility for the sheep. It'd be like this. Uh, hey, uh, where's your little girl? Oh, I don't know. I lost her today. You what? Yeah, I lost, I lose one about every other week. How many you got? I started with 13. No big deal. You know, kids are easy to replace. You got to be kidding. And so we all of a sudden, we got God over here losing his kids. Losing his sheep. No big deal. I lose them every day. 
No, no. We're, we're kept in the hand of God. Uh, I love what Paul said in 2 Timothy 1.12. I am persuaded he is able to keep that which I've committed to him. He's, he's, he's sure of that. Now unto him who is able. Notice who the able is. Who is able. Now unto him. Who's the him? Yeah. God. Your salvation has got to be looking away from yourself. To him the great savior. To him that's able to keep us from falling. And present us faultless. My wife can't even do that. She knows too many faults. I'm trying to get her blind on love. You know, they say that love is blind and marriage is an institution. Therefore, it's an institution for the blind. <laughs> and so, you just pray they can't see. But, wow, it's tough being a pastor and being married. I mean, where do you hide after 40 some odd years? Don't talk to my wife during the service. No, I pay her to keep her mouth shut. <laughs> Not really. Um... Then, uh, let's go to the fourth thing. The love of God. Uh, when, when did God start loving you? Well, eternity past. That, that is right on. Uh, look at Romans 5. That uh, shows you another time sequence. Uh, let me ask you this question. Will God ever love you more or less? If you're his child. Do you ever have days I feel like, Lord, you could love me. I don't even love me today. I, I'm just a wretch. You know, I just feel like I'm not doing what I ought to do or feel my weakness. Uh, look at uh, Romans 5. He said he poured out God's love in our heart, verse 5. Look at verse 6. For while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for church-going folks. For, for who? Oh, hold on right there. Just turn back. Let me show you another verse. Four or five. Abraham, the father of the faithful. Notice what it says about him. And to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. When did God save you? When you were doing good or while you were ungodly? That's what he's saying. And for one will scarcely die for a righteous person. Though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. Nobody is going to die for the straight A student. They ruin the class curve. Where is this thing? I'm going to cast the demon out of it here. Uh, put more tape on me. Uh, I'm back folks. Uh, for one will scarcely die that a right, you know, the one such a class curve, most other students don't like. But if it's a good Joe, you might idiotically think about dying for it. But God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What he's saying is if God loved you at your worst, how will you ever be any worse than when he first saved you? He found you ungodly, weak. He found you a sinner. Uh, he, uh, uh, you know, man, look, at, look where you were when he saved you. Were you in church? 
He only went to church because there was nice girls there. If you're a teenage boy, you, you aren't, I mean, come on. If God loved you then, will you ever be worse than how he found you? And then verse 9 says, Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. Much more. If God did all this for us when we were so messed up, much more is he going to do for us now that we're his. And the much more is not to lose us. Not to lose us. Well, um, I love what he says in Romans 8, 39. He has promised, I'll never let anything separate you from my love. And he names all these horrendous trials, seasons, pressures of life. That if anything would separate you, death, life, things present. I love this. Nor things to come. When I was being interviewed by these preachers and the man was, they were going to deal with me. He said, son, I, I'm, I'm afraid of your arrogance because we got many of our preachers falling into sin and committing moral failure and having to leave their pastors. And you're just a young man beginning the race. I, I'm afraid for you. Um, that, that's down the road. You don't think it now, but something down the road can trip you up for it's tripped up many of our preachers. And, and he really was, uh, I think, a loving man. He was trying to help me. Because if he saw that arrogance or if my position was one of er he was he was carefully trying to warn me. I, I give him credit for that. But I must say this to the glory of God. I saw him when he was 92 in a wheelchair in Brentwood at my wife's uncle's house because they're related. And at that time, I was about 64. I was 25 back here. And I went up and I knelt down by his wheelchair, took his hand. I said, Arnold, he's still keeping me. Arnold, I'm still serving him. And I wouldn't try to be smart. I just wanted to see his face smile up. I said, he's keeping me. Because of his keeping power, I didn't run off with the wrong person. I didn't steal the money. I'm still with your niece. 48 years worth. He's kept. He's kept. Can I not brag on a God that can keep sheep? I'm bragging on the shepherd. I'm bragging on the God who can keep you. When I see a young person, someone come up here, just think of it. I said, oh, you want to receive Christ? Yeah, yeah. Well, let me tell you, honey, about six months you'll probably lose it, but you'll enjoy it in the meantime. What? Yeah, it's going to fade because you're going to be beset with temptations. You may cave in. You may not. By the way, if I was telling him the whole biblical story, I could have said, Arnold, since I saw you last, I failed and I went to bed with Bathsheba. And since I saw you last, I denied him three times in the garden. But he restored me. He cleansed me. He picked me up. He dusted me off. And I'm still running towards heaven. 
See, you could fail along the way, but he's not done with the sheep just because you get caught in a cliff. The shepherd goes and finds his own, and he brings you back. He brings you back. See, if you're a Christian, you can sin all you want. You just can't be happy. My land is terrible being out of fellowship with God. You can't enjoy anything. The sins you used to enjoy, you go back there all the time. You're over here. Mine was rock and roll and dances and, you know, pretty girls. And so I went back to that. And all the time I'm at the dance, I just wanted to watch guys play guitar and see what the riffs sounded like. But all the time I'm there, the Lord's saying, aren't you mine? Didn't I call you away? Didn't I call you? Lord, leave me alone. I'm trying to enjoy a dance. Leave me alone. She's pretty. You can't be against her. No, I'm against you. I want to work on you, Buster. You're mine. Well, Lord, you're only mine when I want to live for you, but when I sign off, bug off. He said, no, 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 no. You don't have any investments in you. I've done all the investing. My son, my blood, my death, my resurrection, my spirit. You come here, little sheep. You're mine. I don't want to be yours. You are. I'll change your mind. Oh, and he can change your mind. See, as Christians, that we can't sin. He destroys the ability to enjoy it. If you enjoy sin, you don't know him. You don't know him. I'm not surprised. You just don't know him. I can't cuss like I used to. And, and pastoring drives me to it sometimes. Just some of the stuff I hear and see. I just nearly want to cuss, but God saved me from that. So I have to clean it up. In the church, there were people... I wanted to remodel their nose. But God says, you can't do it. It doesn't look good on your resume. He hits people he disagrees with. Why? Why? The Spirit of God. Somebody said, I can't stand the saints. Well, you probably don't know him. Because you get to loving his people like you love him. I can't make you love Christians. I can't make you love pastors. I'll tell you what ruined me is meeting Jesus. And he made you look good. Because anyone that knows him looks good to me. I said anyone that knows him looks good to me. They look like kin folks. Do you have any kin folks? Well, I know. Some of you got kin folks you wish weren't your kin folks. We all do. Let's move right on. This is too convicting. Two more points. Just so you can fill in the blanks and get into heaven. Uh, the Father justifies... And then six is the Father saved us by grace. And we just studied justification, Timothy, this week. Let me give you the, the brief uh, explanation of it. Justification is God's declaration that you are now righteous in his sight because the righteousness of Christ has been put to your credit, put to your account. And all you had to do was to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And God gave you a righteousness, not your own. Luther called it alien righteousness, a righteousness outside of us. So that now Christ has become unto us our righteousness. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Philippians 3.9, 2 Corinthians 5.21, Romans 5.17. By one act, 
By one act, he justified the many. What was that act? That act was the act on the cross for sheep. He died in their place. And now God the Father says, you're right in my sight. I've justified you. How can you do that? My son set me free to give you a righteous standing and not violate my character. So I'm the just God that justifies the ungodly. Therefore, is any man justified by works? Nay. Where is boasting? It is gone. By what law of works? None. But by the gift of faith, you receive a righteous status. In God's sight, your case has been settled in court, and he has canceled all future judgment upon you. That's what he promised in John 5, 24, Romans 8, 1. We are not headed for any divine wrath. All of my sins have been dealt with in the court of the cross. They will never be brought up against me again. Someone has said, they said, I had a man going through a struggle. He said, boy, in the midst of this trial, I've rehearsed every sin I ever committed and hoping I got them all repented. And all. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did the cross cover them or did it not? I don't have any sins hanging out that God's going to bring up to me when I see him. They've all been covered. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. You don't glorify God walking around looking guilty all the time. Some of you do have that look though. You're guilty just see you. And you think it's Christian life. Be, always look down. That keeps you from temptation. You remember they had the blind Pharisees? The blind Pharisees were the guys that uh, either wore bandanas or scarves. They believed so strong you weren't to look on a woman to lust for her. Uh, they called them the bleeding Pharisees. Because they covered their eyes and they walked into so many objects they were bleeding all the time. God doesn't want you bleeding. He wants you blessed. Uh, Wearing enough scarves, you still lust with your eyes covered. So, you know, take off the bandana and uh, heal up. Uh, finally, the Father saves us by grace. And this is my problem. Uh, and remember, I believed all the opposite, so I've got to be humble. Is that if I brought no merit to make me ever save, how can I get enough demerit to unsave me? What merit did I bring to be saved? God, you better save me. You don't get many like me. I can imagine angels saying, Whew, we're sure glad. What, what did you bring to the table? Nothing but your sin, your rebellion, your darkness, all of this. They could sprinkle you 15 times at the font, baptize you 80 times forward, backward, and hold you down three minutes. Sean says being married to Deborah has seemed to him just like it's been 10 minutes. I said, son, that's great. He said, yeah, but it's been underwater. And I thought, oh, I never quite heard it that way. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter all your religious works. Quit telling me you belong to this, you belong. Are you a sheep? I'm listening for the bath of obedience. I, I follow him. Who do you follow? Your lust or your shepherd? This world's voice or the voice of the shepherd? 
This has been Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Thank you for joining us. It's a delight to be back on KFAX. And our prayer is that these times together encourage you in Christ. If you would like to review today's broadcast, maybe obtain a copy for a friend or a loved one. Well, we are available. Toll free. Give us a call. 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. As mentioned at the beginning of our broadcast today, if you are one of our first 10 callers, we will send you the entire six-sermon volume that today's broadcast was taken from for a contribution of $10 or more, plus shipping and handling. So give us a call today and request the series, again, for a gift of $10 or more. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Ask for the series by name, Can a True Believer Ever Be Lost? That phone number again is 855-833-9864. If you're writing to us, our address is Truth For Today, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. That's Suite 278 here in Hercules. The zip code is 94547. And if you would like more information, again, simply give us a call. We have a new website on our way. In the meantime, valleybible.org is a great place to start. It'll give you a lot of insight as to who we are and what we believe, and our church and our location as well. You are invited to join us. If you're not involved in a church fellowship, do stop by Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Again, details at our website, valleybible.org, or call 855 833 9864. And let one of the ushers know you were invited by the radio broadcast. That would encourage us a great deal. Today's program is sponsored through the generous donation of our listeners. We do thank you for partnering with us here at Truth For Today. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you as you seek Jesus Christ and His truth for today. Today.